Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate team mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, welcome back to Feathers in My Hair. You will be getting this on Christmas Eve, so Merry Christmas, everyone. Today I'm joined by my favorite internet friend, Jesse Uze. Is that how I say it? It's Uze. Uze, I was really close. I'll, I'll accept Uze as well. <laughs> Hi, Jesse. <laughs> Hi, guys. I feel so excited that I get a Christmas Eve episode. I had no idea it was going to fall on that day. Well, you're my baby Jesus. Oh, my God. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are recording this, though, Tuesday night. So if anything major breaks this week, um, I probably will not, like, I mean, theoretically, I could record it on my phone and cut it in. But the reality of the situation is I won't do that because I'm going to be on vacation. (laughs) So that's why we're getting this out. I could, but I won't. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm just being real with you guys, like. As you always say, living in your truth. Yeah. And you have to start it off with it. Yeah. I mean, if like somebody dies, maybe I'll give an update, but I would feel like that's how big it would have to be. I don't know. Farah is on something right now, so we got to keep on a 24 hour watch with Yo, her. Farah is fucking on one. Like, okay, <laughs> let's talk is. about the tweet she sent out last night. So, first of all, Farah's. <laughs> pinned tweet right now because she thinks she's so fucking funny that she pinned it hold on let me pull it up so i can i mean not that reading it like really helps because nothing she says makes sense but but it does i mean it makes sense to her maybe maybe okay so her pinned tweet right now says i'm just happy amber stays in bed macy sits on the couch caitlin smokes weed in her car Tyler's gaze still doesn't admit it. I travel the world and know how to run businesses. Hashtag team mom at MTV. All I can say is hashtag wow. And then it's like a gif of her ducking um, Amber's swing at the reunion. <laughs> Which is just, that is funny. I I personally think she was going for a haiku or two haiku, haikus in a row. But I really, like, on a real note, really enjoy the fact that she, like, didn't spell check any of it and then pinned the tweet. Like, no, I'm took it a step pretty further. sure that secretly Farrah does not speak English and runs all her th- social media through Google Translate. <laughs> that el- checks out. That's right. What else could it mean? It's great. She has, she had to be doing lines of coke before that episode or something it just she was rambling all night long and none of it made sense but i I enjoyed every tweet it's really bold for her to come at kate for smoking weed in the car i find it very hard to believe that farah and simon have never smoked weed in his car i find that very hard to believe 
Um, also, Macy, like, doesn't sit on the couch. I mean, she's right. Amber I know. stays in bed. Like, that's true. That's a true criticism. But Macy, like, isn't a couch dweller. Like, she has three kids that she takes care of. She's arguably the most active teen mom, probably. Yeah, I think she yeah, works yeah. out. She's with the kids a lot. She seems to be the one that runs that t-shirt business. She cooks for her kid. Like, I I don't know. It's just very weird. And then also, Farah, we need to talk about this. So, let me pull this up. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Patty Jenkins, who is the director of the movie Wonder Woman, you know, that stars... <laughs> I don't know how she says her name because G-A-L, I've known two people, Israeli people, that have that name and they pronounce it Gal, but I think she pronounces it Gal. Mm -hmm. Um, So Gal Gadot, you know, stars in Wonder Woman and Patty retweeted like an article of Patty and uh, Gal from Deadline and basically was like, really love this article. Me and my girl, Gal Gadot, the best. Thanks, Deadline Women in Hollywood. Patty, and then like quotes the name of the article and Farah responds why not use a famous actress who got you attention dot 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 it's really pathetic dot 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 feminist I would say user slash opportunist dot 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 comma woman who make way for women comma you really lack period time tells real actions dot 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 damn idiots like this should not have accounts what the fuck is she talking about? Because I, I mean, I always assume that it isn't going to make sense, even if there is something there that makes sense. But is there anything she's talking about that has like that is valid at all? So <laughs> like, Anastasia, yeah, like, Anastasia, who was no. on last week, who usually is pretty good at interpreting Farrah's tweets, said, "Because I don't know if you guys remember, but Farrah were." a Wonder Woman outfit to the MTV Movie Awards like two or three years ago. And she was oh, like, maybe, yes. maybe Farrah feels like she deserved <laughs> to be Wonder Woman and is mad that now, and maybe thinks she thinks she made Wonder Woman relevant again by wearing the outfit, even though like there's been talk of a Wonder Woman movie for like 15 years. This is like Wonder Woman is incredibly famous, as I don't need to tell you guys. Like, fan casts of Wonder Woman have been happening for as long as I can remember the internet existing. You know, like, a Wonder Woman movie has been something on the internet and culturally relevant for a very, very, very long time. But maybe Farrah believes, like, her wearing that costume to the MTV Movie Awards, not even the VMAs, the MTV Movie Awards... <laughs> Um, like made Wonder Woman relevant and that was the only reason anybody wanted to watch a movie and she's mad that Patty Jenkins isn't giving her credit. Oh my god. That checks out completely. I didn't even think about that, but I know that Farah is like that type of delusional that it's not even a stretch that that could be it. It's just That is amazing. I know. I just want to read it again just because it's so funny. Why not use a famous actress who got you attention, dot, dot, dot. It's really pathetic, dot, dot, dot. Feminist, I would say, user slash opportunist, dot, 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 comma. Women who make a way for women, comma. You really, really lack, in the second really is capitalized. Time 
tells real actions, dot, dot, dot. Damn idiots like this should not have accounts. Let's all imagine a world where Farrah actually starts in Wonder Woman. <laughs> There's just a lot. There's a lot there that could have happened, and I think it would have done a lot better, honestly. I just love it so much. She also uh, she also tweeted, did Amber's drug addict friend show up for TV? Hope you're not using while you're pregnant, LMAO, using the... Y- the wrong yours, of course. And, like, I'm not going to lie. I also was wondering if her friend was an addict or her cousin. Yes. I mean, like. I was like, I can't hate for her for that one because we're on the same page on that one. Yeah. And um, she also retweeted or tweeted the uh, gif of Sophia calling Nicki Minaj a total loser from a couple years ago when she got into that weird internet fight with Nicki fight Minaj. With her. And ended up, like. I, calling her some type of racial derogatory remark. I know she called Black China a monkey, but I think she might have called Nikki a monkey as well. Uh, she was definitely racist towards Nikki and had Sophia hop in and record a video about how awful Nicki Minaj is. And this was like three years ago. So Sophia was about five. Oh, God. I mean, that's when Farah though, was, like, really using the internet to her benefit. And I feel like she kind of goes in and out right now. And I feel like maybe we're getting back to where she was three years ago. Because she, she is losing it. Yeah. And just so you know, the get, when she posted the Sophia calling Nicki Minaj a loser gif, it's hashtag slime in the house, at Sophia, <laughs> at MTV, at Teen Mom. And then it's just Nicki Minaj is a total loser. And it's like a weird close-up on Sophia's face, and she's missing her teeth and was looking not great. <laughs> just a sidebar, I um, I had to go to the car to record, and but I'm like close enough to my house, so I have my computer in my car. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, just sitting in my car googling Nick, Nicki Minaj and Farrah Abraham fight, mm-hmm. and and I just want everyone to know I'm 28, and this is what I'm doing in my spare time. Well, yeah, of course. So we might as well go into Ferris segments because I have thoughts on Ferris segment this week. I yeah, same. I I have some thoughts. So Ferris coming home from her work trip, which is the single and dating show she fucking filmed in the United Kingdom, and she wants to work things out with Deb, and she wants to bring. She tells Michael that she wants to bring Deb so she can get her away from David. <sighs> oh, God. I, I want to know when, because, like, on when that person came on your po- podcast last time, apparently they have solved their issues. And I just want to know when this happened. I think because I don't think Italy. it happened. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I think it's so fucked up that Farah has like put this all on Sophia and has made it's it seem insane. like has made it seem like she doesn't want Deb around because Sophia doesn't want Deb around and she even mentions like well you know Sophia's just like really nervous about having grandma there because of how she acted in Key West but Key West was only a couple weeks before the reunion and we saw at the reunion uh, Sophia wanting to be with Deb and asking to see grandma 
and trying to be with grandma and Farrah wouldn't let her. And my theory is, I mean, this trip was like in August. My theory is between May and August, all Farrah did was talk shit on Deb and tell Sophia how Deb is like the worst person alive. And, you know, grandma's picking that disgusting man over you. And grandma doesn't love us anymore because she loves David. And so, of course, Sophia hates her. Yeah, that's the thing is, like, Farrah is always, like, flaking out on things she's done. I don't know. She's not going to acknowledge it. But that's what she does. It's like she talks to Sophia as her equal because she has no one else to have a conversation with. Yeah. And she talks very negatively, whether it's deserved or not, about Deb to her. And then she's shocked that, like, Sophia doesn't want to be around her. And also, I'm sure Sophia associates like her mom at her worst when she's with Deb. Yeah. So definitely. Of course she doesn't want to. I think it's insane that Farah is blaming all of Deb's bad behavior in their entire strained relationship on David. David's been in the picture for like a year. Like we've had one season with David. <laughs> but if you like listen to fair talk this season you would think this guy's been in the picture forever they never had problems until david was around she's like we just need to get deb away from De- from david and it's like for what so you guys can scream and fight at each other without david there yeah david's been in the picture for such a short amount of time it's kind of like with barbara and janelle yeah it, no it's exactly the same because fair doesn't want to admit that it's deb that's the problem and her too but that Deb is the root of all of it because if she has to admit that, then she can't have a relationship with her mom anymore. And I'm sure that is like very upsetting for her and very hard to deal with. But this is another reason that she needs therapy. So a therapist can be like, it's not all David, like it's your mom. But she, it seems like she's convinced herself that if David's not around, her and Deb will have like an amazing relationship. And she, she'll like be like, I just want to get back to the way it was before David. And I'm like, when the police came because you two got into a physical fight? Oh, my God. I always wonder if, like, Farrah's the type of person that has to always be fighting with someone yes. because that's the only way she can bond with other people is oh. to be against someone with another person. Yeah, that's why her and Michael are so bonded now. Because when Michael yeah, was like, trying to be a husband to Deb and, you know, trying to be, like, in a partnership... She fucking hated Michael. And now that Michael hates Deborah and doesn't want anything to do with Deborah, her and Michael are like best buddies. And I really, I don't, I feel like Michael's trying to make up for her childhood, but not in like a healthy and constructive way. He's just become one of Farrah's like, yes men. Oh my God. When she got, like, when she got out of the car and she was running to Sophia and Michael was like desperately trying to get a hug out of her. Yeah, like, Michael, you have to pull your head out of her ass. It's a, like an error. I'm going to see my family tomorrow, and I don't see my parents that often because we live in different states. And I feel like there will be no one like running out of the car to see me. I'll be like, "Hi, how are you?" <laughs> no, <laughs> my parents have never run towards me for no. any reason. So, but Michael's just so desperate. Like he's so he de- desperately wants, <laughs> and I'm. I can't understand why. I don't know if it's like he learned he has to be desperate for her to be kind mm. or if he's like desperate that she has some type of secret and that if he is kind to her, she won't 
say what the secret is. Like, I can't tell what is his, like, what, like, causes his behavior to, like, keep going and get more and more desperate as the seasons go because I feel like Michael was always like that. No, he wasn't. I will say it's very interesting to watch her with Amy because at first I thought yes. maybe Amy was just a yes man, but I don't think she is anymore uh, because this episode she was very into, like, no, you need to call Deb. You need to be the bigger person with Deb. And I I do think Farrah acts the way she acts because of trauma and that she has, like, this PTSD reactions whenever she's talking to her parents. And she really has, like, an inability to control her emotions with her parents and gets triggered by, like, this, just the sound of Deb's voice. And it is interesting to watch her with Amy and watch Amy kind of, um be loving but firm with her and I do think Amy mm-hmm. seems to be a very good influence on their family but I just think Michael is such a fucking creep and a weirdo that it's hard for me to watch this Farrah Michael team yeah it's just I don't trust any of them and I don't know what their motives are because they're all driven by something yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of darkness there and they're trying very hard to keep it down. And Farrah is always threatening to like talk about it. And I don't know if that's something, I don't know. I don't understand why they are the way they are, but no. I agree. Like her interactions with it's Amy, Annie. Yeah. Amy, I think. Okay. Amy. Um, I want uh, Derek's dad in, um, her yeah. to adopt Farah so she could be calm and never fly off the handlebars again because that's the only two people I've ever seen Farah not react to and have an entire conversation where she did not raise her voice. Farah needs do you this is wild. Do you remember in like the late nineties and the early two thousands there was that really controversial um thing where they would like have rebirth ceremonies for kids and like some kids ended up dying from it because they would like smother the kid and it was like supposed to recreate like being born and the idea was like you would rebirth like the child with attachment disorders and kind of start over there were at least two law and order svu episodes or there was one regular law and order and a law and order svu episode based on this (laughs) so it was like this controversial like late 90s early 2000s thing and I feel like that's what Farrah needs. <laughs> uh, first, I did not know about this, and I will be Googling about this later. But, yeah, we we need to get a rebirth for Farrah. Even if it might might smother her, it will be worth it. She needs to yeah. – she needs a new life. Yeah. I'm sure Something... Google keywords are, like, uh, rebirth, ceremony, child behavioral issues, death, <laughs> and you'll get it. It definitely – that definitely sounds like some millennial, not millennial, millennium shit. Yeah. So Farah is, right. she's just like so shocked that Sophia, like when Sophia says that she doesn't want Deb there, Farah's like, oh, I can't believe she's, like she Why? gives the camera a look like she can't believe Sophia said that. And it's like, re- I mean, really? Are you really surprised by this, Farah? You're really surprised by this act, like this behavior of Sophia's? Well, you know who it's also similar to is Chelsea. Yeah. Like with the Adam thing, yeah. it's just like this, whether you mean to or not, like you, these kids are like sponges and they're absorbing everything you say. And like when you're a kid, like your focus is, you don't have a lot of things distracting you. So you're picking up on everything. And I, 
I mean, I don't know. Farrah has a mind of a child, but I am genuinely shocked that she doesn't understand why Sophia doesn't want to be around her. Like, yeah. Also, like, you also like don't know why Farrah all of a sudden wants to be around Deb. So there's a lot of confusion there. Yeah, yeah. I, why I here's my thing. I think MCV told her we'll give you a vacation this year. We'll pay for it. But only if Deb comes. I mean, um, I'd do it. <laughs> like if someone was like, "You can, you have to go with your dad, but we'll pay for it." Like, oh, I'll make it work. Because I, I can understand Farrah wanting to try and work things out with her mom, but in Texas, I don't understand her inviting her mom on a trip to Italy. <laughs> You know, like... Well, also, you find out, which I think this is so crazy, you find out later in the episode that Michael is going to come to um, propose to, um, oh my god, I forgot her name already, Amy? <laughs> um, but she's not going to tell Deb that she's there, Dude, that he's there. That is the fucking wildest thing I have ever heard. I... When she said that, when she's like, yeah, and I'll just tell my mom I have friends there. I'm like, your mom is Instagram, <laughs> bitch. Like. Yes. Like, Farrah, like, what? I I was so shocked when she said that because we saw pictures of them. And I'm pretty sure they were all together at moments. I was like, and that's like what I mean by Michael being so fucking weird. Because my parents get along well now post-divorce. But even, like, shortly after their divorce when... You know, they had a very amicable divorce, but there were still hurt feelings. They were married for 25 years and broke up. Like, there, you know, there's no way you're going to be like, okay, we're best friends now. Like, it kind of took a while to get to the point where we're on joint vacations. But I feel like even, like, a month after they divorced, if I pitched that plan to my dad and been like, okay, well, then I'm going to go see mom and, like, not tell you are there. He'd be like, no, we're not doing that. That's fucking insane and wrong and deceitful and just plain crazy like if you have to tell like if you can't tell someone that another person's on the trip they probably shouldn't be on the trip yeah and also like mtv followed them there (laughs) so they're splitting crews does she not like wonder why they would be splitting i just for like it wasn't crazy that it came out of farrah's mouth because it's farrah but it was crazy that michael was like yeah sure i would love to propose to her there that seems like an environment that is, like, really suitable for our life together. Yeah. I mean, it's just so, I just, I really do think MTV kind of made it a condition that everybody has to go on this trip if you want it paid. Which is, you know what, I'll even accept them not knowing each other's there, like, whatever. But could you imagine, like, being proposed to while <laughs> Your soon-to-be husband's ex-wife is also on vacation, and she doesn't know you guys are there? No. And I did I hallucinate that Michael's had a wife in between Deborah and this woman? Did I hallucinate that? Okay, I wrote that down. Was Michael... Did we know that Michael was married before Deb? Like, was Deb his first wife? I, I didn't I, know he was married three times. I swear to oh. God... Because when we started seeing Amy and they were calling him his her his girlfriend, I was like, isn't Michael married? I thought when OG came back, Michael had a wife. I don't remember. I I was really shocked to hear that there was someone else. But 
I wouldn't be too shocked if it was before uh, Deb, because I think Deb and Michael got together when they were a little older. Deb was on her second, if not marriage, like serious relationship, because Ashley is a different dad, which I'm dying to know about Ashley's dad. What is she? Oh, what does he look like? What if he looks just like Michael? Probably. Michael and David together. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know, but I could have sworn that Michael had another wife, but, you know, maybe not. Maybe I made that up in my head. So did anything else happen significant in Pharaoh's segment? Um, We kind of skipped around a little bit. There was a mention of the sauce in Italy, which I just, wow. Beautiful, beautiful tie in there. What's it called? Mama and me sauce. Yeah. Also, that's where Deb does. If you want to follow Deb on Twitter, like follow her sauce account. (laughs) Oh my, wait, I didn't know about this. Yeah. I don't know if Deb even has a regular Twitter. I follow her via her sauce account. (laughs) I mean, that's all you really need. All right, let's go to Mackenzie. Oop, I mean Macy. I really genuinely did I mean, not even mean to say Mackenzie, but I mean, I'm fine with changing this to Mackenzie's segment. I mean, why are we even, like, stopping by to see Macy at this point? Honestly, that was my agreement for coming on tonight, was only if we could talk about Mackenzie for eight hours. Yeah, so I am, like, a super fan of Mackenzie at this point. I think she is so crazy. I'm willing to name my firstborn child after her. She is. She just birthed a life back in the OG that I did not expect. Like, I am excited to watch it, which is, I, like you said, I don't understand why everyone hates her. Like, I mean, to some degree, I understand the hate, but, like, I love hate watching her. She yeah. is, it is so enjoyable. So you and I had a little moment with Mackenzie this week where she wrote a blog because, obviously, MackenzieEdwards.org is her <laughs> blog spot, which, by the way, someone made a blog copying the entire, like, her entire blog and called it, like, Snake Wife or something and rewrote all her blog posts, which, I mean... Some of it is funny, but I, and I say this as someone that has no life and like does a team on podcast. Okay. My thing is, is that I don't like it when it goes into unnecessarily cruel. I have a line and I, it's hard for me to like define that line. I, (laughs) I'm like a Supreme Court justice when, you know, like I don't. I don't know how to define pornography, but I know it when I see it. And I feel that way about cruelty. And it's hard for me to say, like, off the bat, what's exactly cruel and what's not. But this blog post to me was cruel. Like, it just, the amount of time it took, if they had just done, like, one post, I think I would be like, haha, that's funny. But they did all of her posts. It's now being posted all over all her social media. It's just the amount of time that it took adds a level of, like, the cruelness. Well, I always think that, like, when some, when something's, like, not genuinely funny and it's just mean and it's not clever is when I'm just completely turned off from it. Like, that's kind of my line 
And that's kind of where that fell in there. Yeah, I was just like, oh, these are just being very mean. I did think some of it was clever. Like there were a few funny, like clever lines. But overall, I was just like, you took hours of your time to dedicate like this hate. Like take it down to our hate. This is where the line is. We draw the line. I mean, really, I, I don't know. It just... I I can't really describe exactly what turned me off so much about it, but it just, I feel like people are acting like Mackenzie, like, killed a child on camera. I mean, she, yeah, she is, like, the new coming of Satan, and... Like, she's awful. I don't know. Don't get me wrong. She's awful, but people are literally acting like she is, I don't, I don't know, I... First of all, I think she's nobody the has new any, Janelle. She's an really I feel like nobody has any empathy whatsoever for her situation, which I do, and so that makes it like hard for me to absolutely hate her. I think she's somebody who's in way over her head and has doubled down. And I don't know what I would have done at twenty years old when I got in with a heroin addict. I think it's because like I've yeah. been in that situation and I know how fucking stupid and like crazy I was and that wasn't on fucking TV. Oh, thank God. Thank God we were not on TV at 20. Thank God. But she wrote a blog post about <laughs> that you and I saw from different sides, if you will. Um, and I honestly don't think either one of us was. Com- I mean, maybe I was completely wrong. I don't know. But she wrote a blog post kind of about how she grew up with like a really nice life. She went to the same private school her whole life. Her mom worked there. She like got good grades and was always a goody two shoes. And then she got pregnant, was kicked out of her school, felt like she had no support, was kind of forced to marry this guy who was also 17 and a loser. And she had to work hard to support herself. And, um, you know, the what people really came down on her for saying was like, everything I owned was from Target. All I ate was Taco Bell and I was broke, but I was happy because she had like worked for what she had and that it wasn't like the pottery barn life that she thought she would have and for me coming from like a privileged family and a privileged life life like I can understand what she meant was it like can I recognize that it was tone deaf yeah but I understand what it's like to kind of grow up with a certain life and you have I mean and this is gonna sound spoiled because it is spoiled but when you grow up with certain things you kind of just expect your life will always be like that And then when it doesn't turn out that way, it's like a real fucking smack in the face. And you have to learn to be satisfied with a new normal, basically. And I do understand, like, Target wasn't probably the best. She probably should have said Walmart. Like, Target, I still can't afford to get all my stuff at Target. I don't even go grocery shopping at Target because it's too expensive. Um, But I thought what she was trying to say was, like, I had envisioned my life one way. And that did not come to fruition and I think where her real issue was was saying like I was broke and she should have just said like all my stuff was at Target I was eating Taco Bell it wasn't what I wanted it to be but I was happy and left out like the I'm broke part and I think that's the difference between someone at 20 when she was talking about this and someone or however old she is 21 and me at 29 where I can be like okay that's not good to put in yeah, she's just so young and ignorant. Like like I was saying that I thought it was tone deaf and 
just because I came from a different situation where my family was incredibly poor. I came from a single parent household. Um, we had little to no money, didn't eat some nights. So when she was like setting up this platform of like, listen to how poor I was. Yeah. I was like, as a child, that was to me was you were, you were so rich if you could afford those things. Yeah. So it just was so ignorant the way she was saying it because McKin- it like it just shows you that McKinsey doesn't understand that she's like the world around her mm-hmm. and the situations people are in. And that's probably just mostly because of her age, because I'm sure she's been exposed to people that have less than her. But she just doesn't get that concept yet. But I could see why people were frustrated, like because you can't. If you want me to empathize with you, you can't, you can't, your bottom can't be something that I'm like aspiring for, you know, like so many more people are poorer than that. And it's, she, she tends to bring that theme throughout her blog post of like that. I think that's what infuriates people so much. It's, and I, people forget how young she is because she looks a hard 45, Mm -hmm. but she's not. And Mm -hmm. And she just doesn't get it because, like, at 20 or 21, I probably said stuff that was equally as stupid or just ignorant to ignorant to the plight of other people and, like, yeah, what I'm, you know, what I'm trying to have empathy for that other people are like, are are you serious right now? So, like, I will I will give it give it to her that she just doesn't understand. But like, it was interesting when you guys were talking about. Like, being on the other end of that, just because, like, I never had money. And mm-hmm. you guys that had money as kids, and it's just such a different, like, I couldn't imagine having that taken away from me. Because, like, luckily, as I got older, I was able to get money for myself. And now I'm, like, very financially stable. So I only know going up. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't imagine being, you know, plopped back down at such a young age when you don't know any better. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, she gets a pass. Like, and I mean, I'll be honest. Like, it was very much a check my privilege moment because I was like, "Look, I understand that being able to eat at Taco Bell and shop at Target, like, that's not poor." But I read that and could easily see what she was trying to imply, like the greater picture. I was like, "Eh, "Is the word choice great? No, but like, I I totally understand what she's saying." And you were like no they're actual poor people that can't do those things and I was like oh yeah you're right like but I don't think at 20 I would I don't know if at 20 I would have been able to recognize that like when you she's just so young she's just so young and it goes back to that and it was shitty and it's funny how I guess I sometimes forget even still like how privileged I grew up and how that doesn't register to me (laughs) Like, and that's fucked up. And I don't say that as a brag. I say that as, like, that's fucked up. And I'm glad when someone can be like, uh, girl, like, no, this whole thing comes off bad. And I'm like, oh, let me reread this and, like, take off my own worldview and actually, like, look at it objectively. And, yeah, that (laughs) I see what you're saying. That's not great. But it is hard when, I mean, I don't know any, when I was a kid, like, I don't think I knew a single person who lived in an apartment. Like, I just didn't know anybody who everybody had a house that they own. I specifically remember a girl in my neighborhood, like, rented her house. You know, they rented their house, and I Mm -hmm. didn't understand that concept. 
Like, that didn't make sense. I didn't understand what renting was. It just wasn't in my life. And so it took me a long time to understand, like, oh, you actually have to work for things. And, like, things aren't handed to you. And here I am rounding the corner on 30, like, living with a roommate, like, not really financially secure. Like, I'm not doing that great for myself. So, I mean, I'm fine. I'm comfortable. Like, I'm surviving, but the reality is, is, like, I understood what Mackenzie meant, like, by your life. If you had told me as a kid at 30 I'd be living in an apartment with a roommate, I'd be like, no, I'll have my own house. Like, of course I'll. I just, like, thought I'd own a house, like, because everybody owns a house. And I think yeah. at 20, even at 20, if you had told me that, I'd be like, I don't think so. I'll be owning a house just like my parents did at that age. And... I mean, obviously, I didn't understand the economy, and, like, <laughs> this was all pre-recession. <laughs> this was also happening to me when people are, you know, this is, like, I was very much, like, a pre-recession type of person. And, um, but it really, like, so I, like, understood what Mackenzie was trying to say, but once you pointed it out, I was like, oh, yeah, this is ridiculous. And she doesn't have that worldview, and it's why she comes across so poorly because everyone else on this show i mean amber's like 28 amber's only two years younger than me i think um you know everybody ryan is in his 30s macy is i think 27 they're all like over the age of 25 and here's little Mackenzie trying to play with the big kids yeah and it's just hard i mean it's hard too when you compare her to other people on the show because like those were people that really didn't have anything. Yeah. And really like that's why we see their stories and that is why Mackenzie is not a mean girl. But like one other thing that I found that she was toned out on was just like the amount of support she had because she would constantly say that she had no support but she was living at home and that was yeah. another thing that she didn't she doesn't understand the privilege of just Having able parents to? that are together yeah, or living with your parents or having someone that, like, at the end of the day, if something happened to her, she would have someone there. And she just does not get what it would be like. Like, like Kale. Mm-hmm. Like, Gail did not have anyone there except, like, Joe, but that wasn't her family. But, like, she doesn't understand the privilege in itself of just having people that will support you even if, you know, like, they don't want to. And it's just her, like, she just wants to be the person that overcame something, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't have that much to overcome. And, like, she did. She had a fucking kid when she was 17 and had to marry a loser. Like, that's what she should focus on. Yeah, because that story in itself, the fact that her, like, not shocking Mackenzie is who she is because her parents let her marry someone at 17 years old. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, it's really insane. I mean, I think it's one of those things, like, she just needs to open up who she's around. Like, I remember when I kind of first started to get it was when I told a friend to, like, ask their parents for the money. And they're like, my parents don't have the money. And I was like, oh. And that's when I kind of started to realize, like, the difference between my broke and somebody else's broke. That it's like, no matter what happens, my dad will probably bail me out. And, like, a lot of people don't have a dad to bail them out in that situation. And I feel like Mackenzie hasn't learned that yet. What the difference is between being broke with a safety net and being broke without a safety net. Because those are two extremely different things when you know that no matter how bad it gets, like, 
you're never really going to suffer because like somebody's just going to, you know what? Nobody's going to let you live on the streets. Like nobody's going to let you like be homeless or nobody's going to let you be without a car. Like somebody will, or without any sort of transportation whatsoever, like somebody will step in and help. It's that safety net. And Mackenzie obviously does not understand that yet. And I hope she learns that. Which I don't think a lot of people understand, to be honest, just because, like, that's such an unfathomable thing when you're young. Mm -hmm. If you have it, like, you just, that's all you know. And, like, I didn't grow up with that. So I just, like, on the other end, just thought that's how people were. Like, I didn't understand that, like, people had two parents. I didn't understand that, like... crazy for you you when you went to SCAD and, like, were with, like, a bunch of rich kids whose parents just sent them to art school? Oh, oh my God. I can't even tell you. Like, I was... So, like, we were very, very, very poor growing up. And probably when I was about 15, my dad finally was able to start a business. And, like, our whole world changed. Like, well, their world changed. I was almost out of the house by then. So I never had access to any of their money so they had a little more money when i went to school but they didn't help me at all um i went to school it wasn't like, like your dad won the lottery and like all of a sudden had five no dollars. He, he just, just had a job basically yeah. like he just like we were like we lived in a uh, a single wide trailer my whole life and i mm-hmm. shared a, a six by eight bedroom with my sister my whole life and then we moved into a house when i was almost like 17 which was just crazy to me but like that was my level of what rich was like yeah he was making maybe like 50 or 60 thousand dollars but that was like life-changing for us um and but we go to I go to scout and like it's just the richest kids I've ever come in contact with like a lot of people like their kids have beamers or like one of the kids his dad like owned half the San Francisco Giants and he like his they started like a grocery chain and they were just disgustingly wealthy. And I, I couldn't afford any of those things. Like all of my friends had money, like had some kind of money. And it was just like, I felt so out of place, like in school, I didn't end up making friends with all of the other poor kids, which mm-hmm. my dad was very angry about. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> He's like make you connections. go to the yeah. find all the poorest people. Um, but yeah, a lot of McKinsey's there basically. Yeah. Okay. So this episode, Bentley's starting his third grade and Ryan is just completely ignoring Macy about the drug test, like completely ignoring her. And we go to Jen and Larry's and they are very sad about it. And so I have some thoughts. I think we're not getting a totally clear picture on how much, interaction Jen and Larry actually are having with Bentley because they make it seem like they haven't seen him in years but like I think they go to every baseball game he has um and I think okay I am completely on Macy's side I support her I really am rooting for Macy this season I've never been like a huge Macy person she's always just kind of been whatever to me but I think she's doing the right thing later in the episode when she talks about how shitty everything is I like really felt for her but I I do think there's stubbornness at play on both sides here. Um, I think yeah. that there is... Okay, should Jen and Larry be the big, bigger people and reach out to Macy? Yes. But at the same time, like, Macy's a grown adult now. You know, it's like, 
I think at a certain point when you have three kids, you don't get to be like, well, they're the grandparents. Like, everybody's yeah. on an equal playing field here, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to, like, age and maturity. Macy, Jen, and Larry should all be on an equal playing field. They're all grown adults raising kids, right? So right. I think Macy recognizes, as she says, that Bentley is very hurt that he can't see his grandparents. So I don't really see why Macy can't reach out to them and have them come to her home for a lunch. You know, like... I I think Macy is very hard-headed and stubborn. Now, I'm wondering if her attorney told her not to do so. Because if Jen and Larry then come for grandparent rights, you know, if Ryan doesn't do well, and they sue her for grandparent rights, then the attorney can go in front of the judge and say, look, she cut off access to the father because he wouldn't pass a drug test, and the grandparents have not reached out a single time to see their grandson. Why should they get visitation? And if Macy is facilitating the relationship even more, then the judge would be way more willing to give grandparent rights. I'm wondering if there's some more attorney factor going on between Jen and Larry than, or between, like, Macy and Macy's attorney are talking more about Jen and Larry than we realize, and this isn't all about Ryan. Yeah, I I wonder if it's that, or my feeling is that what's happening is there probably was some type of reach out where like you guys can come over for an hour or so. And Larry lost his shit Mm -hmm. because, you know, like she didn't trust him enough to come to the house. Yeah. Even if Ryan wasn't there, you don't trust us with our damn grandson that we've been raising every other weekend for eight years. You don't trust me with my damn grandson. You think I can't take care of my damn grandson. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Because this is actually, like, I was telling you earlier that this is something that my parents and my sister are going, like, through exactly, is that my sister is a heroin addict, and she recently lost custody of her son, and my parents are trying to get um, grandparent rights to him, but he has to come over whenever he comes over, or but for a long time, he wanted them to go over to his, their house. And my dad is like a Larry and is very ignorant and it's like he won't budge. Like yeah. he's like, if I can't do it in How the comfort of my own home, raised? like why should you know he raised these kids on his own and now he can't even be trusted to look at his damn grandson. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah, and he just like he can't budge, even though like, and it's even harder that his daughter is the one that's in the wrong. Yeah, like it's just this added sense oh, of yeah, like yeah 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 yeah. You know, like, it's, like, this embarrassment that this is happening already. Mm-hmm. And, like, he just doesn't want to lose his dignity even further, which is his home. And I could totally see Larry pulling that shit because, like, they left when he would go over there. And I do agree that I think they're being a little um, extra about how often they see him. Yeah. And you had a hot, hot, hot take today in our... Uh... <laughs> In our teen mom group chat. I feel so silly calling it a teen mom group chat. But, and I, no, I don't totally disagree with you, but you think Jen and Larry are headed to divorce. And I think that Jen is waiting until Larry dies of a heart attack. Like, I I think we both agree that they're unhappy. We just see different outcomes for them. Maybe he has a heart attack in the next three years. I, so I'm going to say three years because I think that's about when the show will end. Mm-hmm. And I'll think, I think that they will, if Ryan doesn't get better, 
is mm-hmm. what I should say. If Ryan continues what he's doing and he, like, if he starts relapsing or he's, like, cycling like he has been mm-hmm. and the cameras, the cameras are, like, savage dogs now. Like, they're mm-hmm. on him, which is even harder because they've hit it for so long. Yeah. I don't think they their marriage can survive it because they just, they seem like they fundamentally disagree with how to handle it. Yeah. And it's just going to get, it's going to be the only conversation they have. I mean, that is the only conversation you have when your child's an addict. Like you just yeah. talk about that constantly because you're so scared. And like, I think they're only talking about that and they're only disagreeing constantly on all of it. And I don't know. I would see, I will take it back. I don't know if they're going to divorce, but I think they're going to move into separate homes at least. (laughs) Well, they already don't sleep together. We do know that. And I think, so my theory is I can only see them getting divorced if Bentley becomes a more major factor. I think that take Bentley out of the equation, like, because for the last eight years, the Bentley situation has not been... You know what I mean? It's Bentley comes every other yeah. weekend, no matter how Ryan's doing. So I think they've been fighting over Ryan for a long, long time, as we saw with the the rent, the tool situation, which is when I mm-hmm. was like, I went on record wherever I was twittering or redditing. I don't really remember when that was, but I was like, Ryan is definitely in an addict. I have seen this literal exact situation play out, especially with my ex boyfriend's parents, where the dad goes through the roof and the mom protects. That's, I mean, some, I'm sure it can be reversed, but that's how I've almost always seen it play out. And I've even seen it play out, like, with stealing, like this. Like, which was obviously what happened with Ryan. That's when I was like, oh, Ryan's a drug addict. And he just stole stole and uh, pawned his dad's tools. Because everyone's like, I don't understand why everyone's getting so mad. And I'm like, oh, because this has been happening. Ryan's dad just went through the fucking roof. And that's why Jen is, like, going insane. So... I think that they've been disagreeing for a long time on this, clearly, on how to deal with Ryan. And Jen's always been more of the enabler. Larry's always been the hothead when it comes to Ryan. But I think that's stuff they can kind of ignore. Like, what when they're dealing with it, they probably don't speak for a while. They get into big blow-ups. But they can put that behind them, and they can press on through that. Now, Bentley's in play. And I think that if... I just wonder if push comes to shove, how far Jen will go for Bentley. And if that means yeah. leaving Larry because she's going to take Macy's side in order to have access to Bentley. That's what I wonder. Because in this episode, as we can talk about right now, Larry is like, we don't understand. Like, Ryan went to treatment and now, like, he did oh, the God. right thing. <laughs> And Jen was, Jen this whole season actually has not said a single negative thing about Macy on camera. We have not heard Jen say a single negative thing about Macy. And she's always said negative things about Macy. She hasn't been like, I hate that bitch. But she gets her snide comments in. And she's constantly criticizing, uh, like, how often Ryan's allowed to see Bentley and things revolving around Bentley and Ryan. Jen has never held her tongue about that. She does it in a nice, sweet way, in a southern way, but she's never held her tongue about that stuff. And now she's being so nice about Macy and being like, well, I understand her role as a mother. I'm willing to let have Bentley over here and not have Ryan here. Like, I'm willing to do whatever Macy wants. Like, she has really, I've noticed her tone on Macy has really changed. Remember even last season when they were fighting about uh, Thanksgiving 
And she was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. She, Macy's like pulling too much power. Like she wasn't pleased with Macy and she was talking shit with Mackenzie on Macy. And now it's like Jen's like team Matt or team Macy all the way. Which I think what's going to happen is like same thing with my sister. Like everyone is taking her, her, the baby daddy's side mm-hmm. and she won't come around because she like, she's um, like, nobody's taking her side blindly. Yeah. And I feel like that's going to happen with Ryan is like, Ryan's going to ditch out or because he's not going to get his side taken. And then, like, I don't know. I just, it's so curious. Like, I'm curious to see if, like, when Bentley gets older, if Larry treats Bentley the same way he treated Ryan. Because I think that's, a, like, going to be the thing for Jen. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to poison him. Yeah. I want, I'm really curious. I'm really curious about larry ryan dynamics when larry was a teenager i mean we know ryan spoiled out of his mind but i think larry is one of those dads that isn't tough where it counts and tough where it doesn't matter oh i i think that larry is like i think larry likes breaking stuff that's yeah. like my guess if i had to like pin larry like he doesn't hit people, but I think he would be the type to smash stuff when he gets really mad and to scream as loud as he can. Like, he he really pegs me for that type of person. And he also, like, I also think he has a drinking problem. Yeah. And I think that maybe now that Ryan's in treatment, it's going to become way more obvious to Jen now that they're talking about addiction. Like, I kind of think that's why Larry plays dumb sometimes. Like, he's yeah. like, he went to rehab. Like, I think yeah. he doesn't want to get too deep into that because I think Larry knows. Larry knows yeah. it's an issue, too. And it's going to, like, everyone needs to be fixed. You know, like, you're in a, the environment's really bad, and that means that everyone's going to have to do some kind of work. And I don't, I don't see Larry doing the work. I see Larry, like, making a lot of excuses. Yeah, and, I can definitely, and, definitely agree with that. Like, I can see Jen, if Jen was with the right person, like, her having the ability to, like, to take what a counselor says, or you know, like, to take that Mm -hmm. advice and be able to, like, actually use it. But I don't see, I mean, I obviously don't see Mackenzie doing it, but I really, I really can't see that for Larry. I know Larry really cares about him, and, like, you guys were talking about how he was saying that he, you know, like, he felt safe when he was, Mm -hmm. you know, like... He deeply loves Ryan, but yeah. like he doesn't. I don't think he understands how to have a relationship with Ryan. That's no, healthy. I don't think so. Either. And I and I don't even think he thinks his relationships unhealthy. Like it's so interesting watching, like where how far they've come from where they've started because they were like they got a really good edit for a long time. Yeah, I. Yeah, they got a really good edit. I just really feel like Jen is in, like, a reckoning of sorts. And I think Jen, yes. you can see it in her eyes. Like, she is really, I think, distressed and really mm-hmm. does not know what to do. Like, you can see the, she, like, I feel like I can see the sheer panic in her eyes. Every time, like, Larry or Ryan starts to kind of, like, run their mouths about Macy, you can see her eyes, like, stop, 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 stop. I'm about to lose Bentley. I'm about to lose Bentley. I'm about to lose Bentley. You know what it kind of reminds me of? Like, 
have you ever like I don't know if you'll like relate to the situation, but I feel like once I've gotten into therapy, I started to be able to recognize like really um, like dangerous things, you know, like dangerous patterns or behaviors Mm -hmm. or just like unhealthy, toxic behaviors that I used to like play in, you know, like I used to go Mm -hmm. along with because I didn't really know better. I feel like Jen's on the other end of that where she's now recognizing like how all of this is created and she doesn't yeah. want to be a part of it, but she doesn't know how to like speak up yet. Like Jen is like, she just... Jen, like she took like a sociology class and is now understanding <laughs> racism a little bit and is realizing like everybody yeah. she knows is racist, but like, isn't quite ready to call people out on it. And it's just like, fuck, fuck, fuck. They're racist. The and I don't so want to be racist. But I don't know what to do about this. I don't agree with this. Like, I really, you know, it's like, she's like, yes. just, it, literally, she's like, just opening her eyes and coming to reality with the situation for the first time, I think, probably in a long time. Oh, I completely agree. And I, it's so crazy that we already know that they were aware. Because if you didn't know better, you would think that this was the first time that Ryan ever mm. went to rehab mm-hmm. and that Ryan that they never knew he did drugs mm-hmm. that they thought maybe he smoked too much pot or like had a thing like he didn't go to fucking intensive outpatient uh rehab in 2012 for roxy's like it's so like i find their behavior just Agreed. so interesting of parents who have like are dealing with someone that's relapsed because he's technically relapsed yeah this you is know, like Mackenzie like, McKee's um, 16 and Pregnant, watching it, knowing that she had that, like, stillbirth or that late-term yes. miscarriage. And you're like, okay, well, she was already pregnant before. Like, what are you guys talking about? And it's it's kind of the same way that we're all supposed to pretend like Ryan, they didn't know about Ryan's pill habit in 2012 is when Dallas said that he went to treatment. Which, yeah, there's just so much lost time and in, in what like it's probably been a like very obvious for maybe like two seasons now Mm -hmm. and like was he ever sober after he left you know like we just don't know because like they won't talk about it and like i mean we don't have any information and it's just so interesting and i feel like they're playing dumb because they know how bad they looked last season yeah. And they were, like, kind of playing up this angle. And not that I even blame them. Like, I couldn't even imagine if I was in that situation and it was on TV. Like, you know, it's kind of like when Kate put the post-it up and she's like, well, they've never showed it before. Like, why yeah. would they show it now? Like, I feel like they did that to them. Like, they did that to almost all of them last I season. completely agree. Yeah. No, I still think about that all the time and how fucking mad Kate must have been when they showed that and she was like what the <laughs> fuck but kind of brilliant on mtv's part they're like we're gonna let them have like a fault of false sense of security mm-hmm. and then about seven years we're gonna rip it away yeah so we see mackenzie okay so mackenzie tells ryan like that when she was in dallas she was like bored and so she went and got a wedding dress because oh. she wanted to get a new one because the old one was associated with bad memories but was she talking about the dress she wore to the parking lot wedding because yeah i was under the impression that was just a rental i think maybe she had the option to buy it and she didn't or i don't know maybe she like kind of fucked it up and had to buy it 
Yeah. But I assume that's what she was talking about. And she, like, wants Ryan to go with her. And Ryan's like, no, bring, like, one of your friends. It doesn't make sense. Why would I go with you? Um, and so Ryan still hasn't seen Bentley. And he says he doesn't want to take a drug test because it's not out of his system. Okay. This is my... I need somebody who understands hair follicle tests. Because I was under the impression that in a hair follicle test, if Ryan's sober, he'll definitely be able to test, uh, pass it like a UA, a urine analysis. But I was under the impression that in a hair follicle test, they could tell the levels and like how far back you used based on like where in your hair it was. Because in a urine analysis, like if it's sent to a lab, they can tell essentially like how much you did and when you did it based on like what the levels in your urine are because if you did it six days before and it leaves your system in seven days it's going to be much fainter than if you did it that morning and so that i was under the impression that's what it was like in a hair follicle test because it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that they would use hair follicle tests if they couldn't determine if something was 180 days ago or not that's a huge amount of time also why couldn't like if, if that's the case, say, like, the hair follicle can't, it can't determine that to any kind of accuracy, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you just fall back on, like, hey, look, it's going to be my hair for three months. I'm going to shave my head and start growing my hair so I can get closer to taking that test. But I'll take the other test for now. But I don't want to fail that other test because or, it's possible it might still be in my hair. Or even... Even you take the hair follicle test and you take the UA at the same time and you say, look, here are, you know, I'm going to fail the hair follicle test. I'm telling you that right now. But as you can see, heroin stays in your system for seven days and it's not in my urine. And this is on record. And so you should know by this amount of days, I'll then be passing the hair follicle test. I feel like that's what I would do in that situation. I would be like, okay, here's the deal. We're going to do a blood test, a UA, and a hair test. You're going to see that I passed the blood test and I passed the UA, but I failed the hair follicle test. This was the last date that I used, so by estimate, I should be passing the hair follicle test by this date. And until then, if I pass these two other tests, why, like, let me see my son, you know, let me see my son, and then you'll be able to, if I don't start passing the hair follicle test by... 180 days after the last date I used, then, you know, you know that you can't trust the UA. But if you're passing a UA and a blood test, or, you know what, I like, it just, I feel like Ryan, if he was not, I feel like Ryan's way too scared of failing, is basically what I'm saying. Because I think I said this last week on the podcast, like, when I was in early recovery, I got drug tested so many times a week. And if he was in an aftercare program, if he was in IOP and she was like, I'm going to drug test you, he'd be like, all right, call my IOP. I get drug tested three times a week. Like, I, what do I care? I'm going to fail the hair follicle test, but I'm drug tested three times a week and they'll tell you that I'm clean. I'll sign a release so they can give you my results. My thing is like, in that moment, I don't, I don't know if I thought he was using, but I think he didn't think this was going to last. You know what I mean? Like, he was just like, I, I can't keep up with that. Like, that's, that's not something I want to keep up with. Like, you know, like, he doesn't want to be chained down in that way. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, he doesn't seem like anyone that, like, is, like, really 
like wanting to be sober at that moment. Yeah. I also wonder, like, and this is dark, but I also just don't think Ryan wants to see Bentley. Like, I Agreed. think it's a lot I don't of stress think he cares for him. That much. It, it's so no, it's so stressful for him. I think he wants to be able to. I think he genuinely wants Bentley to be able to go to his parents' house. I think he does recognize that he wants that, and I think he wants to be able to pop in when he can. Yeah, he he doesn't want that responsibility, and I feel like a part of it is like him having to do all of these things is way more responsibility than he had previously. Mm-hmm. And so that's like stressing him out. And mm-hmm. I feel like he's buying himself time because he's like, well, he's kind of making her the the problem to like, yeah. so he doesn't have to see him. Like, like, you know, like there it's like, I think he's like subconsciously trying to keep that distance in a way, but like also I can see play up this role of like trying to do like, I am trying to get, it's kind of like Janelle trying to get Jace back. Yeah. And you're like, well, you're not doing anything to get Jace back. Like, I just wonder if he, that's a little, like, it scares him that, like, you know, so, like, yeah. he's just, like, being put on the spot so much at that time. And he's having to be very responsible for the first time in his life. And I, he doesn't know what that looks like. And I think part of it is, like, he doesn't know if he's going to be sober. And also, mm-hmm. like, he doesn't know if he can handle, like, that kind of responsibility. Like, mm, I can't yeah. handle, like, having to schedule the same thing once a week. So I know that. I know Ryan can't handle yeah. having to show up for a drug test. I think he's also um, probably really missing, like, Shelby, who gave no fucks about being a stepmom, you know? Yeah. Like, he's really missing, like, a Dallas. Well, I think Dallas cared a little more, but I think he's probably really missing a Shelby who just, like, wanted to party and be a hot 22-year-old and just didn't care about, like, settling down and, like, making a life and probably smoked a ton of weed and was just like, whatever, like, we'll go see Bentley, I guess. Like, it's fine. And I think, I can't imagine how sh- how stressful it is for him to live with Mackenzie and be with Mackenzie I would imagine she's very demanding of him, and I'm not really, like, she should be allowed to, like, that's her fucking husband, like, she's married and lives with this person, like, she should be allowed to be demanding of him, you know, but I can't really, he, I mean, they've been together for, like, a little over a year and a half now, so when this show, when they were filming, they'd only been together, like, a year, and Ryan, let's say he sobers up. And he comes home from um, rehab and he has this wife that he like barely even knows because he's been fucking blasted out of his mind the entire time he's known her. And I think he's just overwhelmed and he's probably also smoking a lot of pot and doesn't yeah. want that to come up in the, in the drug That's tests. a good point. And probably isn't sure. Here's another thing. I literally just thought of this. He's probably smoking pot and we know he's drinking and he isn't sure what kind of drug test or Macy's looking for him to pass. Like if marijuana mm-hmm. will be a fail and he doesn't want to ask because asking will then give her the info that he's smoking pot, you know, and that he's drinking. Yeah. So he's just completely ignoring her because he doesn't want to be like, well, what happens if I fail for weed? Like this isn't Sheena Shea drug testing her husband and she's like yeah but you know i don't care if it's weed if i see weed 
You know, he's probably like, oh, well, she, I don't, if I fail for weed, like, is that going to be used against me? But he, you know what I mean? He doesn't want to ask. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that's it, too. That, that actually makes the most sense. Because, like, I mean, Ryan's drinking. It wouldn't shock me. Like, I can't tell you how many people that have, like, had issues with addiction. Um, Sorry, somebody just pointed a light into my car um <laughs> i'm like oh my god i'm gonna get robbed on a podcast oh um, i would call the police for you i'd be like she's in I'll portland say, somewhere <laughs> you can leave it in too um um what was i saying um oh just like i feel like i've just heard that story so many times with people like coming off of like opiates where they're yeah. like well i smoked weed because you know like i couldn't sleep or blah yeah. blah and it's just like no, you can't do that. Like, um, who was it? Travis Barker. I remember listening to a podcast and he was like addicted to heroin. And like after the plane crash, like he was like, I could only like he was smoking weed to get off of drugs. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, no, that's not a thing. Why do yeah. you think that's a thing? But we're going to put that in as fact. Um, Ryan is smoking weed. Yeah. Agreed. That's fact. So Mackenzie goes and gets her wedding dress and it's ugly. Like I kind of like the, um, like the bodice of it, but I hated the bottom and I, I'm over a strapless dress. I'm like pretty anti strapless dress myself, but we see Hudson for the first time. I don't think we had seen him before Mackenzie's son and he's a cute little moment. I'm wondering how much Ryan and Hudson interact and like what Ryan's role is in Hudson's life and, really curious about Hudson is he okay do we need to save him um hashtag really save cute. Hudson yeah he's really he's really cute and he said it's a bit big on his, <laughs> on his uh, life jacket but I'm Ryan wasn't talking to him quite like a stranger but he was I mean he was talking to him like he talks to Bentley he's like is that all right buddy yeah. is your life jacket good buddy but I'm like does he take care? I wonder if he has any sort of no. responsibility over the day-to-day of Hudson. I mean, I know it's ridiculous to even ask, but. Could you imagine, like, could you imagine if he stepped up and, like, did do some type of, like, fatherly, fatherly stuff to someone that isn't his son? Like, no. I could see Ryan, like, act, you know, like, being stupid like that, where he's yeah. just like, this is the person I'm going to be a father to. But I don't think he, I don't think at all. Like, I would imagine he also treats him like um, a younger brother. Yeah, for sure. And Ryan says he took a hair follicle test just to see, which is, I don't know. It's weird. I wonder, here's what I think. You want to hear my hottest take on Ryan's hair follicle test? Ryan got a fucking... Go for it. Ryan got a shampoo, got a hair follicle test shampoo, and wanted to see if it worked. (gasps) I didn't even know that was a thing, but oh, it's of a course thing. it is. I mean, they, you oh know, goodness. make a drug test. Someone will figure out how to fake it. <laughs> this is a sidebar, but I used to work at this smoothie place and we sold this thing called the stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was like a detox, but people would only come in to buy it that were like trying to pass drug tests. <laughs> but people would call all the time to tell us they failed their drug test and they wanted a refund. <laughs> And we're like, we, that's not what we sell it for. Like, that's not what detox. We mean like 
that fake pseudoscience detoxifying your kidneys, not your drugs. Like, it would happen once a week, and it was like a $50 thing, and someone would always come in, and they're like, this will help me pass a drug test, and we're like, I can't tell I can't tell you yes but people buy it for that <laughs> that's insane but yeah I'm thinking Ryan went on the internet and got a shampoo and then wanted to see that's oh that's a really good call oh I just wish I could be a fly on the wall so I could just even know like a third more than you know what the story is I know, Ryan's a real enigma. I'm real curious about Ryan's post-rehab life. We're not seeing nearly um, enough. I need, like, a GoPro on him at all times. I need his internet browsing history. I need everything. (laughs) His internet browsing history is probably so dark. It's probably, like, the darkest of everyone's, I would imagine. Yeah, probably. So, um, our last scene is kind of Macy talking, and it was Bentley's first day of school, and they're like, did his dad call it all or did his father call it all about it which okay i don't know if this is just because i don't have kids but like does it really matter if his dad like cared about his first day of third grade like i don't remember my dad giving a fuck about my first days of school past kindergarten like i go to school like that's what you do yeah i don't know if i i wasn't in a divorced like family but i i didn't have the other parent like present so that was something I didn't, I don't have any relation to. Like, when they do that kind of stuff, I'm like, I don't know. Nobody cares. Like, Well, like my parents were you, married like, then, but I don't remember, like, my first day of school, like, in third grade, my dad, like, going to work late so he could see us off or something. You know, like, it just wasn't like we got on the bus. Like, I think they treat children a little better now. And probably. They, they're afforded a lot more luxuries than, um. Good. People care more. Because I was a little emotionally neglected, so good for that. But good Macy says, Macy says, his biological father, aka letting us know that she considers Taylor to be his dad, which I agree. I mean, yeah, Taylor's the one that raises him. He coaches his baseball team. He is with him every single day. He wakes him up. He, you know, Taylor, for all intents and purposes, basically is his dad. But the reality is, and this is just like Aubrey, is that Bentley has a dad that he knows and loves. And you can't just, if in, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple years, or even today, Bentley decides, like, no, actually, Taylor is my dad. Then, like, fuck yeah, Taylor is his dad. But Bentley has a father that, even if his mom hates, Bentley loves and considers to be his dad and calls him dad and looks at him as dad. And, I mean, we know this because on Father's Day, the only reason she took Bentley over there is because Bentley really wanted to go see his dad and give him his gift. Yeah. Like, it's, I don't know. I understand what she was doing. And I, just like I believe Cole is Aubrey's dad, you know, Cole's the one, although I think it is a little, I do think Taylor's way more involved with that Bentley yeah, than I Cole's agree. with Aubrey. Yeah. I just, I think, I it think it's a little different. But... I think it's a little easier because it's a father-son thing. Um, yeah, I think Cole feels unsure of like what, how to, I think Cole had a little harder time. And I think this is understandable to how to step into like a father, a father daughter role. I think that's a Mm -hmm. little harder to step into than a father son role, especially if you love sports and the kid loves sports like that, that, you know, 
I don't know. I think it's just also Bentley was younger when Taylor and Macy got together, and they yeah lived they were younger a lot longer. I mean, I think Taylor's lived with them since Bentley was four or five. I think uh, Taylor's done a better job too of like integrating with the situation and with um, Ryan's family. Yeah, like they all interact a lot, and I think it's hard because Cole is very much cut off from all of that. I think this is Chelsea's fault, to be honest. Well, and also I believe, like uh, we talked about this last week, the reality is is that Chelsea's still kind of obsessed with Cole and, like, making things perfect for Cole. And so I don't think she's allowed Cole to, like, get into the nitty-gritty of uh, raising Aubrey. And Macy's like, step the fuck up, dude. Like, come on. You want to live with me? Like, you are Bentley's dad. (laughs) Like, this is is the situation. Like, you're going to live with me and we're going to be together. Like, Bentley is a shithead dad and you're going to be his dad because I need a partner, not somebody. I'm not obsessed with you. Like, you're cool, I love you, but if you're not doing your shit, like, I'm done, I can... Because Macy has more self-esteem, and Macy knows she can get another guy. And if Taylor leaves, like, I mean, I'm sure it's a little different now, because she has three kids versus one, but when Macy and Taylor got serious, like, I'm sure she was like, you do this, or we're done, because I'll just go find another boyfriend who will. I've never had a problem getting boyfriends, I've always had really good boyfriends. I mean, Kyle King was great, like... She's always had good boyfriends, minus Ben. Like, she dropped Ryan and went on to good guys. You know, she was done with her bad boy thing. As opposed to Chelsea, who has no self-esteem. And so she probably doesn't want... She wa- She's not thinking, like... She would never look at Cole and be like, you're in this 100% or I'm out. Like, she just wouldn't do yeah. that. Because she doesn't think she can do any better than Cole. Where Macy, like, knows her and Taylor are equals. And that if, she, if need be, she can go find another Taylor. Chelsea would never, never be like, Cole, I will leave you. You know, like yeah. she just, like you said, completely agree. And I hope Chelsea looks at Macy's storyline and understands she could have delivered that to us. And she didn't. She was so focused on it being as like perfect as it can be. And like, they have almost like parallel storylines. Mm-hmm. If I had to really? compare. They really do. Macy- no, they absolutely do. They have similar families, similar baby dads. Similar similar involved grandparents on the father's side. I mean, they have the same fucking custody schedule with their kid going to the grandparents yeah. every other weekend. They are so similar. But for some reason, and I think it's just because Macy has always been more mature than Chelsea. And yeah. I, I, she just has. She just always has been more mature than Chelsea. You know, they both took forever to finish school. They both, like, aren't... I mean, is Macy the most motivated person? Like, no, she's more motivated than Chelsea. But she's not, like mismotivation you know but I just think that Macy has always been more mature than Chelsea and has always had more self-esteem than Chelsea and I think that's been the deciding factor like yeah Macy fucked around with Ryan a couple times after they broke up but she I think once Ryan left Macy was com- or she left Ryan like she was completely done with their family story tale or story yeah. tale fairy tale like yeah she she and Ryan still, like, had attraction, would would probably fuck occasionally, but, like, the, it was not in, like, a let's get back together way. She was like, nope, we're never going to be together. I'm not, Macy was never looking for that family in Ryan once he left. Yes. So, to sum it up, Macy's, Macy is Chili's, and Chelsea is Applebee's. 
Yeah. Would you agree? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> People like to compare them, but they're not comparable. Um, that is one... so spot on. You and I just like vibe on this level, you know, you and me, baby. <laughs> I do have to go back to um, until to Mackenzie talking about looking for a wedding dress and, while he was in rehab, and I just like really thought about that. Like I put myself in my that mindset. Like I've been dating this guy for a year. I didn't really know he was addicted to so like if my boyfriend was like addicted to something and then like, you know, like we had this big blow up, he had to go to rehab. I followed him to rehab for what reason I don't know, but I do. And the whole time I'm like, you know what? Let's not think about what's going on. I'm going to keep planning my wedding. wedding. Yeah. Like your life is so. Yeah. You're just like, you don't know what's going on. Like, I feel like if I was in her shoes, I'd be like, okay, well, we eloped, so, like, we can't go back on that, but let's put the big wedding on hold, because I just, I think the true reality star of Mackenzie is that she clearly has no shame or self-awareness. None at all. To be in that situation and have filmed that reunion and then fucking, fucking went dress shopping. Like, Dress shopping while he... She had a lot of time while he was in rehab. Don't you know? Like, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Like, I really thought about that, like, and how insane that was that she did that. Because, like, Mackenzie would spin that as, you know, we're married and I'm here and it's death till we part. And, like, she, like, that's how she would say that that was. But in reality, she was like, this is the thing I want and I'm going to get it no matter what. And this yeah. is just an obstacle in my way of getting to my wedding. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I love it. I yeah. very much enjoy it. Mackenzie will have a place on Real Housewives one day, hopefully, because oh. she is a level of delusional and has no self-awareness, which is, it is magic. Yeah, for sure. And I just want to comment on Macy. Oh, in that scene, she kind of talks about like, she knows it's hurting Bentley that her number one priority is protecting Bentley, even if that means maybe hurting him in the minute or in the moment. And she says, like, this is shitty. She's like, it's shitty for me, it's shitty for Bentley, and it's shitty for Jen and Larry, but it's what has to be done. And I I don't, Macy's, like, really killing it this season. She's coming across so well. She's so rational. She's level-headed. Like, yeah, I said she's being stubborn. I think she is. But in general, like, that scene in the kitchen was really great for her, I thought. Yeah, I thought that was a real honest moment, and I I know what that feels like, where you're just like, we're all fucked up right now, and yeah. nothing good is going to come out of this, but, like, it has to happen, and I feel really bad for her. I can tell how tired they are, mm-hmm. and it's just a long journey, and yeah. nobody... I mean, they have two little kids, they babies, they have two babies, too, like, she's dealing with this shit, and she has two kids in diapers, yeah, I I just couldn't imagine. And, like, I mean, I'm sure that's, it's probably, I just think about how scary that is for her to have trusted, um, like, mm-hmm. I think it's harder for her because she trusted Larry and Jen so much. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, like, whether or not she could trust Ryan, she could always trust them and that they yeah. would make good decisions. And, like, I'm sure seeing that whole scene last, like, season and seeing them, like, 
still like standing in the background while he's getting married, knowing he's like that messed up mm-hmm. was just like, what is happening in that house? Like, I'm yeah. sure it was like a wake up call for her to be like, oh my God, That's you guys point. know you're not, you're not telling me you're, you're yeah. hiding it. Like, you're doing, like, not that they can stop him, but you're not letting me know any of this is going on and this could kill my son, you know, like. So yeah. I'm sure it's just like that whole like how how do I know I can ever trust those people again? Which it sucks. Like that's a really shitty position to be in. Yeah, I think she's also probably having a big. Um, I mean, the fact is, Benley's eight now. He's in third grade. His behavior and how Jen and Larry affect it is probably, you know, at five it's like kind of cute when he comes back from Jen and Larry's like expecting everything. Like you can still kind of laugh it off at eight. And that was before she had two little babies. So when he's yeah. eight years old and she has two other kids at home, I think they're really noticing, as Taylor commented on, his behavior when he comes back from Jen and Larry's. So I would imagine mm-hmm. she was already kind of looking at that and annoyed by that. And then she sees that she can't really trust them. And it's like, so not only are they, like, raising my son to be an entitled brat and I have to spend all the time that he's not there, like, working on that and... I think he lets, I think they let him, Ryan, be around my son high. I would imagine that's like a real double whammy. Yeah, like very much like how you find out that Adam was letting, was getting to take, you know, mm-hmm. Aubrey on his own. And you're like, you know, he's on drugs. Why would you do that? Like, yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a shitty situation to be in. And I'm really curious because I, I don't think we really know where their family situation is right now. No. Not that I know. No, because Macy, like... Macy genuine, generally is one that um, you kind of have to watch a show to know her storyline, like what's going on, because she's the least involved on social media of almost all the moms. And even more than Chelsea, even less so than Chelsea, who doesn't really get yeah. into Twitter beefs, but her dad will. Um, so really we don't really know what's going on with macy outside of what we see on the show although supposedly ryan's passing drug tests and has been for months you know what like i genuinely hope that's true because we're in a heroin up an opioid epidemic and i don't want to see ryan die that's the reality of the situation and i would hope everybody listening feels the same way that you genuinely want ryan to be okay because no matter how shitty he is we don't want him to die because that's ryan's reality well, I mean, I find that, like, that we were talking about just, like, the sensitivity of other people and stuff, like, and I think that's a really big issue in the fandom is that they don't understand, like, the complexities of addiction and, like, the yeah. same with Adam. Like, I don't want Adam to be on mess and to have yeah. these issues and, like, I don't wish that on anyone even if I don't like them because it just, I mean, you, like, it makes me wonder if, like, we even know them as people, like, as long as you know like we don't know how long they've been addicts like that's not who you are like your personality can be completely different and it'll be interesting because like i don't know what if ryan is i mean he's not but like what if there is like a better side to ryan and we just haven't seen it in a really long time it'll it'll be it'll be an interesting season with them and i'm very very curious to see where it goes because i have no idea and i'm like are they going to end on their wedding? Like, when Macy goes to their wedding, we, we knew that. Like, Macy and yeah. Disney were at the wedding. Yeah, I don't know. 
Hey guys, to hear the rest of this week's episode, come on over to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. Thank you all so much. Have a great week. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psychos Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos. And come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.